uh, today, right before I, I speak, because the message there, I hope, I hope you were all able to hear it, uh, was uh, uh, the righteousness of God. And uh, that's going to really come into play today as we take a look at uh, God's Word for us today. I'm going to invite you uh, to grab your Bibles and uh, turn to the book of Jeremiah. Okay, And I'll give you time for some of you to find it if it takes you a little while. Uh, but we began a series uh, called Jehovah, and, and we have been looking at different occurrences in the Bible where uh, the name of God is attached to something really special dealing with God. Uh, for example, when we started this whole uh, series off a few weeks ago, we preached on Jehovah Jireh, which means God is our provider. And then the week after that, we preached on Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is our peace. Last week, we talked about Jehovah Nisi, which is the Lord is our banner, and he's there for us when we fight our battles. Today, uh, I want to I take a look at another Jehovah name of God, which might be a little bit unfamiliar to some of us today. Uh, you may not even know how to pronounce it on the surface, but today's message is about Jehovah Sidkenu. Impress your friends with that knowledge, would you? Jehovah Sidkenu, and uh, it's found in Jeremiah chapter 23. So I'll let you click or scroll or turn there, however you get to the scriptures. And if you don't have a Bible with you today, and I'm going to be honest with you, I got a lot of scripture to give you today, okay? I, I'm, I'm, th- this one's loaded with lots of scripture because um, there's so much about this topic because literally Jehovah Sid Canoe means God is our righteousness. Jonathan just sang this song that you know, he asked me, what do you want me to sing? And, and I thought, that's the song I want. Uh, my, my sin was great, but your, your grace was greater, right? My shame was wide, but your arms were wider. It, it, it's, it's the righteousness of God. L- literally, to be righteous means to be morally right. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, but I, I've met a lot of people that try to do all the right things spiritually, and they, they think that it's on their own power, that, that it all relies on them, that somehow God's up in heaven, and we say, okay, Lord, I want to serve you with everything, and we think God's in heaven kind of crossing his fingers and saying, okay, you're on the team now, good luck, camper. And, and then he waits for you to die. And so he can finally see you in heaven. And that's, that's not how it is. That's not how it is. I, I want you to know today that God is very, very, very much involved in your getting as close to him as possible. It doesn't just rely on you. He is our righteousness. He is Jehovah Sidkenu. Yeah. When you're asked, what did the preacher preach about, just throw out Sid Canoe, okay? They might think it's a boat, 
or, or a kayak or something, but it's the Lord is our righteousness. And I'm going to invite you, if you're able to, to stand with me for the reading of God's word from Jeremiah chapter 23. And we're going to start in verse 5, and we're going to go to verse 6. And again, keep your Bible near you, because uh, I'm going to be throwing a lot of scriptures uh, at you this morning, what I'm looking forward to. You ready? says this, For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant, from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. By the way, who do you think that's referring to? Jesus. Okay? So this is a prophetic word. This is a word that the prophet Jeremiah is inspired by God to write, and it's all pointing to Jesus. And then verse 6 says, And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. Literally in the Hebrew, and I've emphasized it on the screen, Jehovah Sidkenu. And in that day, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. So Lord, we come to you knowing that you are our righteousness. God, we depend on that today. As we unpack this, Lord, I, I ask you that you would meet every single one of us, no matter where we're at in our walk with you, in our spiritual journey, whatever that is. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just move as we look into your word, Lord. Most importantly, no matter who we are, may we find ourselves closer to you this morning because of what your word says. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord is our righteousness. Now, again, let me give you a, a, a definition of righteousness because righteousness is one of those words that we kind of throw out there. We're not really sure what it might mean, and, and we don't need to make it too difficult but it's the quality or the state or a characteristic of being in the right, being morally right. Sidkenu is, is actually from a Hebrew word. It's, a, it's actually, and in, in some commentators will say it's, it's a business term to uh, uh, the beginning of it where you do something the right way, with integrity. You, you, you conduct yourself business-wise correctly and morally right. And so we expand on that word, and God is literally inspiring Jeremiah to write this, pointing to Jesus, who is to be born and become our king, and saying that he is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is, God is our righteousness. Now, for some of us, we're saying, okay, well, what does that mean for me? And I'm glad you asked that question. It's a fantastic question. But what does that bring to me? And this morning I'd like to show you. This name for God brings a few things today that we can, I think, celebrate, but we could also kind of cherish in our, in our hearts and in our spirits about what it means that Jesus is our righteousness. So I want to share that with you. You see, first of all, number one, 
Jehovah Sidkenu, God being our righteousness, that brings us clarity. It brings clarity to us. The Lord, our righteousness, brings clarity. You see, I want to talk a little bit about what Jonathan just sang about and what the scripture has to say. Is that without God, we are absolutely lost. We are the best person in this place. And there are some wonderful people in this room. There are some wonderful people watching us online right now. But we could be at our best and it's still not good enough. Why? Well, the Bible kind of expands on that. If you look at the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm chapter 14, verse 3, it tells us that all have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Another translation says that there, are, there is none righteous. No, not one. Wow. And, and, and I'm not here to depress you, so hang with me, okay? But there is a mentality that exists that seems to think that we can be right with God and in right relationship with him just by making sure our good stuff outweighs the bad stuff. And there's really no way to measure that. There's really no way to keep track of that. There's no assurance of that. And I don't even know how I did on that scale last week. How many of you would agree with me, okay? I had some good moments last week. I might have had some bad moments. I did golf bad moments, and I had some good moments. <laughs> I slept. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, but but it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, okay, do my, is my good better? Is my bad better? And, and, and God saw that. God saw that lostness. And he said that he needed to do something about it. See, Paul gives us a, a scripture that we quote a lot around here in Romans 3.23 says that all of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Every one of us. In fact, one scripture says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. So the best we've got isn't good enough. Why? Why? Is that because God's some mean ogre that just wants to punish us? No, 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 no. You see, God is holy and sin is not holy. Sin takes away from holiness. And God wants a people that are holy. And sin and holiness cannot exist together. And so something has to be done about the sinfulness of me and you, all of us, all of mankind. Something has to be done about that. Our goodness, our great deeds, our good work. It's not enough. Nobody here or listening to this has a leg to stand on. And all of us, including myself, we deserve judgment because of our sin. We have no righteousness of our own. We need his. We need his. See, 
He enters into the picture. Jehovah Sid canoe, God our righteousness, he enters into the picture because I'm sinful. I can't do anything. Let me, say, let me rephrase it. I can't do enough about it. I need his righteousness. I need his help. And, and, and that's the clarity that we need, that we need to understand. And, and for those of you who've been serving Jesus for a long time, I want you to understand, and sometimes we forget, what we have been saved from. What we've been saved from. This past week, I celebrated my spiritual birthday. At the age of nine, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. So that was like 20 years ago. Ish. Okay. That was a long time. That was 48 years ago I've been serving Jesus, or tried to for that long. The next day, my brother always copied me. The next day, my brother gave his life to Jesus Christ. And, and when Jesus came into my life, he changed me. No, 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 I didn't, you know, I was not part of a biker gang or I was not selling crack at the age of nine. I've told you before, the extent of my testimony is pretty much I ran with scissors uh, and uh, stole a cookie once. And that was pretty much my life of sin before I gave my life to Christ. But do you know what God's righteousness did for me? He kept me. He kept me. I don't have the ex-hell's angel testimony. And if that's you, that, I think that's fantastic. Uh, but that's not me. Uh, I, I, God touched my life at a very young age, and so he kept me from making some pretty bad mistakes. But even as a boy, not knowing what I would go through in my life after the age of nine, and if you know my story, we've been through a lot, and how God's righteousness entered into my life and made such a huge difference in my life. I, I, I want you to know today that the righteousness of God is real. It's real. So no matter where you are in your journey, if you've been saved as long as I have been saved, then let's remember what we've been saved from. Those of you who have recently given your life to Jesus Christ, you know because it's still kind of fresh. But all of us in here, let's get some clarity and understand that we cannot do this on our own power. We need his righteousness, which leads me to number two. There, there's, there's some comfort. There's some comfort that the Lord of righteousness brings to every single one of us here today. Yeah, there's some clarity that we're doomed. <laughs> Have a good day. Good night. Uh, but, but then, thankfully, after all that clarity, after all that brutal honesty that the Scripture gives us, there's some comfort in knowing that, yes, there is an answer. And to those of you, maybe, who have made a decision to serve Jesus Christ, and when you did, you brought along some baggage, okay? There's, there's some stuff you've done, and you've got yourself, you're not like me. You know, pure as the driven snow. But, but you, you are, you know, you've got some stuff and you're not sure that you've been forgiven. Say, I've met those. You might be in here. You might be watching online. You're, 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 you're not positive that this applies to you. Because sometimes it can be hard to believe that God has actually forgiven us. And I want to give you some comfort today. 
that if you confess your sins, the Bible says that he is faithful and he's just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There is not one person here today whom God will not forgive if you simply ask. Are you thankful for the righteousness of God today? You see, back to Paul. Paul is writing in Romans chapter 3. And for the first three chapters in Romans 3, ladies, you've been studying the book of Romans in your Bible study. So you might remember this. In the first three chapters in Romans chapter 3, Paul is laying out that, man, this whole world is not righteous in God's eyes. In fact, this whole world is a mess. Uh, and, And after he spends... Three chapters, painting a really bleak picture, kind of what I've done here so far this morning, and concluding that there's no hope for mankind whatsoever. I want you to see what he says in Romans 3.21. It's on the screen, look, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God, you ready? By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. See, now that is fantastic news. It's like, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. I know what Jesus has done, and that's more than enough to cover what you have done. So it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your hang-ups are. It doesn't matter if you're a hot mess. It doesn't matter if you're just wonderful. God's righteousness is there for all of us. And we are made right with God by this, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And God makes that way for us. Without God, it would be hopeless. But God makes it possible. And how does he make this possible? In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Righteousness. Right with God. God had a plan all along that he could send his sinless son to take the punishment on the cross for me, for you, so that you could put your faith in Jesus Christ and be made right with him. So it's no longer a balancing act or a contest to see if your good stuff outweighs your bad stuff. Jesus took all of our sin upon us so that now it's all through him. There's a verse in the book of Isaiah that I found when I was going through this. And I want to get this really great picture in your mind. I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, the scripture says, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. Any robe people, you like walk around their robe at your house? Okay. Really? Okay. Or, okay, ladies, maybe house coat. Maybe that, you know, house coat of righteousness. All right. As you're sitting on the Davenport. Uh, <laughs> those of you who are millennials, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. 
but I want you to picture this, okay? You, you've got, you, know, you might be dressed one way, okay? And maybe you might be kind of dirty or, or, or everything's wrinkled or whatever the case might be. But then, then to kind of cover it all up, you put on this robe and it kind of covers it up. Or maybe you're just getting out of the shower and the first thing you put on is a robe, you ever go to an expensive hotel? I never wear robes, but like if there's a robe in the expensive hotel, I'm putting that thing on, you know, just to walk around for like, a, you know, five minutes, just like, ah, here I am, you know, just like, I feel like a king today. Then it's just like, okay, that's enough. What, what, what's that robe do? The purpose of that robe is to cover everything that's underneath of it. Think of this to cover everything that's underneath of it. You have been clothed. I have been clothed through God our righteousness. You ready for this? I have been clothed with a robe of righteousness and it covers everything. It covers my sin. It covers my mistakes. You know what it also covers? It covers the guilt of my sin. And it covers the regret. It covers all of that. Church, I want you to know that the righteousness of God is available to every single one of us here today. And God's righteousness, when we do things His way, not our way, but we do things His way, that robe of righteousness, that work that He does, it covers your sin. So God doesn't look at you as damaged goods. How many of you are thankful for that? God doesn't look at you as the person who made that mistake. God does not look at you as the addict. God doesn't look at you as the person who messed up in this relationship and that relationship. God doesn't look at you as a total mess and a train wreck. You know what he sees? He sees you wearing that robe of righteousness and he sees, that's my daughter. That's my son. That is the work of God, our righteousness. Isn't that great? Give God praise for that. That's just awesome. That's awesome. So with that, let me give you a third thing that Jehovah Sid canoe still impressed that you know that word here's what he brings you we had some clarity but then thank God we have some comfort but now with that comes a challenge there's a challenge and that challenge is to live a righteous life and try to become just like him. If you've been declared righteous in his sight, he calls us to be like him. That's his calling. To be like him. I was a high school basketball player. Some of you don't know that. Best six, mo- best six minutes of my life on the court. So my purpose was to be put on the court when, the, when we're winning by like 30. It's like, okay, Anderson, there's 30 seconds left. You cannot possibly mess this up. Go in, okay? And I thought, why did I even put on this warm-up? Because, you know, we had the cool warm-ups that went over our, 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 our uniforms. I will confess to you that there was one game I knew I wasn't going in. It was a good team. And I thought, I am way down the roster for this one here. I almost wore my street clothes underneath my warm-up for that game. But you know that would have been the time, hey, Phil, we need you. Go foul somebody. (laughs) And I would have been like, hey, you know. (laughs) 
would not have been good. And we, we, wear, we wear that robe of righteousness and we think that our calling now is kind of do what I did in my sophomore year in basketball and just kind of sit on the bench and wait till the season's over. And that's not God's desire or plan or purpose for you whatsoever. God's plan, if we've been declared righteous in his sight, God's plan is for us to be just like him. Get off the bench. It's time to get into the game. It's time to do something with the righteousness that God has given you. You have a personal challenge now to be like him we are not a church that says yay you gave your life to christ now go hide so you don't sin anymore god launches us into this world to live this out every single day now paul again gives us some more instructions in the book of romans i want you to show i want to show you this verse it's in romans chapter 6 verse 13 he says do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of what? <laughs> Righteousness. We, we offer everything to the Lord as an instrument of righteousness. Uh, look at the next verse. You, ha- or verse 18, I should say. You have been set free from sin. And you have become slaves to righteousness. Now, I love our country. But sometimes the democratic mindset can mess with our theology a little bit. Because we don't think that we are slaves to anybody. Because we're independent. We're free. And thank God for our country. We are free people. We're, I believe we're the best country in the world, blessed by God. So don't send me those nasty emails. I know that we're blessed to live where we're at. But, but hear me, hear me. Sometimes we allow that mentality to say, well, no one's in charge of me. And so you don't understand. Somebody is in charge of you. You are a slave to something or someone. Every person in here. You're either going to be a slave to sin or you are going to be a slave to righteousness. You see, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you know what you've done? You have actually exchanged one master for the other. Should I say that again? When we give our life to Jesus Christ, what have we done? We are exchanging one master, sin, and all of its trappings, and all of the garbage that comes with that. We're exchanging that, we're walking away from that, and we're embracing a Lord, a master, someone who's in charge of us by the name of Jesus. And we do everything for him. We offer our work life for him, not just the paycheck, but for him, our relationships. We make sure that he is at the center of all of those. All of our family decisions, we include him in all of our family decisions. Jesus is very much involved in every single part of our lives. We are no longer a slave to sin. We are now a slave to righteousness. The Lord, our righteousness. 
Jehovah Sidkenu. And here's where the challenge comes in. When, when the Lord becomes our righteousness, and I want you to get this, we're called to make some regular choices to help in that process. And this is the challenge for every person here today. What choices can I make in my personal life to better make that process of my becoming more like Jesus? Maybe there's another way of looking at it. Is there something in my life that is chipping away at that process right now? You see, Sid used to be in control, but now sin's no longer our master. Now, since righteousness is our master, we are called to voluntarily submit ourselves totally to God. That will affect how you live. That'll affect how you treat people. That'll affect how you spend your money. That'll affect how you conduct yourself when you're alone or when you're in a crowd of people. So what choices could you make today in your daily life that could help you along the way to become more like Christ, more like God, our righteousness And how can he help you with that? That's going to be a prayer point in just a few minutes as I wrap this up. What personal changes can you make in your life to allow God's righteousness to really come into play and become more like him? And I almost ended the service here. Some of you thought, I wish he would. (laughs) Hang with me, hang with me. But there's one more. And it's actually in our original text. Jehovah said, can the Lord our righteousness? He also gives us a confidence. He gives us a confidence. See, you may have noticed in the last year or two or, or whatever that uh, our nation can be a bit of a mess at times. We're making a mess of a lot of things. There are things that are called right that are not right. Plain and simple. There are things that are accepted that should not be accepted. And forget about politics and government. We have people making choices that are just so outside of the boundaries of God's word. It's a mess. Our culture is very much anti-Bible, anti-Christ. And I don't know about you, but I talk to people about this kind of stuff all the time. A lot of people are, they're concerned. In fact, some would even say that they're worried. And my final word for you, and Jonathan, if you can help me out here, my final word for you today is this. Please do not put your confidence in a politician. Don't. Oh, candidate... Ernie Skivich. Ernie's going to save the day. There is no Ernie Skivich. That's just a name I made up. Ernie Skivich is going to bring this to our country. And, and I've learned that sometimes even the most godly of leaders cannot change a country. <laughs> and then I go back to verse 5 of our original text. 
And I want you to see what I highlighted. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. Again, who are we, who we talking about? Jesus, right? He will be a king who rules with wisdom. <laughs> and he will do what is just and right throughout the land. Don't put your faith in Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whoever your candidate of choice is, is this week. Put your faith in Christ. Jehovah Sidkenu, our, our righteousness, because the Lord, our righteousness, actually gives us confidence that our king is in control. And our king will do what is just. And our king will do what is right. I stopped putting my confidence in politicians a long time ago. And I hope you have too. Our confidence cannot be based on a human being or a government system, as great as they might be. But our confidence has to be in Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. And when I, when I watch the news and, and I get online and I see some of the just flat out crazy that's on there, I'm like, oh Lord, only you can fix this. Only you can fix this. Only, only you can do what needs to be done. Jesus, you'll do what's just. Jesus, you'll do what is right. Because he is God, our righteousness. And so that gives us a little bit of confidence today. That we don't have to worry about who gets elected. Yeah, be involved in the process. Yes, get involved as much as you want. But, but I promise you, Jesus is not up in heaven saying, Oh no, that was my guy. What happened? He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He's in control. And he's also in control of your life. So if your life seems to be a little bit out of control, Jehovah said, Canoe, he looks at you and he says, you know what? I'll do what's just. I'll do what's right. I got you. I got you. Other people might be out of control, but I'm still in control. I've not dropped anything. I've not taken my hands off the wheel. I got you. And maybe that's the biggest thing for you to walk out of here with today is knowing that Jehovah, Sidkenu, Jesus, God our righteousness, he's got you. He's got you. And he always will. I'm thankful today for Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads with me, please? Hallelujah. I want to close here, but as I alluded to earlier, I want to give you some points of prayer today. And what I mean by that, I, I, I want to give you some things you could pray about before you leave here. And probably after you leave here too. First of all, do you need Jesus today? You know, we've talked a lot about the righteousness of God and how man could not save himself. And, and maybe you're at a place right now spiritually where you're, you're just not right with God. And maybe you've made that decision before, but, but you've walked away from him. Or maybe you've never 
completely given your life to Jesus Christ. And, and, and you hear all this and you realize that you can't save yourself, but God can. He is your righteousness. And today, the greatest decision you can make in your entire life is to give your life completely to him. So whether you have made that before, but maybe you've walked away, or maybe you've really never given your life completely to Christ, and you'd like to do that today, I will not embarrass you, but I want to know whom to pray for today. And if that is you, could you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Because I want to pray for you today that God, our righteousness, would save your life. Would you do that? Thank you. Is there somebody else? You'll just raise your hand and say, yeah, you know what? I need Jesus to do that today. Thank you very much. Is there someone else? Thank you. Is there someone else? I need to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. I need to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. I need his righteousness in my life. He'll do it. Friend, is there a choice or two that maybe you can make where you can help this process along? And that choice might be no longer doing something or beginning to do something. But you know how your life is. And if there's something in your life that's chipping away at your relationship with God and you becoming more like God, the Lord would say, look, hey, I'm your righteousness. I want to help you along, but you got to make some better choices. And today, if, if you need to make some better choices to help this process along and take that challenge, then I want you to pray about that before you leave this place today. And finally today, maybe, maybe you see the chaos that's in our world and in our nation, or maybe that chaos is in your life and in your home and in your workplace, and you just need to be reassured by Jehovah Sidkenu, by Jesus, our righteousness, that he's got you. He's got this situation in control. He's still in control. You don't need to be afraid of the chaos because the Lord has you. If that's you today, then I would invite you to stick around for a little bit and ask God to help you through the chaos and remind you that he is in control. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And then I'm going to give you a chance to pray. And you may want to move from your seat and maybe kneel at this front area to pray. Maybe you feel more comfortable praying at your seat. Maybe you need to get up and move around. Whatever the case might be, maybe just want to kneel at your seat. But we're going to make this room into a place of prayer. And if you need to talk to the Lord about what we've been talking about here today, then I'm going to invite you to pray to him as Jonathan ministers in song. And we'll stick around as long as you need to pray. I would like for everyone to repeat this first part with me. And especially those of you who raised your hand, and there were several, you raised your hand to give your life to Christ. I want you to pray this really from your heart too. Because God's going to do the greatest miracle that this world could ever see, and that is to make you right with him. So why don't you start off by praying this prayer with me, and then I'll close in prayer, and that's your green light to spend some personal time with the Lord. And when you're done, you can be dismissed. So I want you to repeat this with me. Dear Jesus, I love you. And I thank you 
that you are my righteousness and I confess to you all of my sin. And I ask you to forgive me. I make you my master. Help me to serve you every day. Change my life. Show me my purpose and guide me along the way. And I thank you for your love and for saving me. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that need to spend some time with you. God, some of us are in some chaos right now, and they need to know that the Lord, their righteousness, is still in control. So, Lord, I pray that you would make that known to them. Just assure us today. Wrap your arms around us today if we need to know that, Lord. God, some of us, we're even concerned about our country or our world, and God, we don't have to live in fear. That's not how you operate. So God, give us that peace that totally surpasses all understanding, Lord God. And God, there are some in here, we need to make some choices that can make us closer to you. So I ask you, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit in these next few minutes, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and show us what we can do differently so that we can find ourselves, depending on you, but find ourselves living for you like we should. So Lord, guide us. Lord, help us to live this out when we are leaving this room today and when we go to our lives and our homes and our jobs. God, may we remember that you are God, our righteousness, and we love you and we thank you. Meet with us now as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If God's released you, you can